Welcome to Cartridge Command, your weekly retro gaming podcast, where we discuss and review the classic and not-so-classic games of the 8- and 16-bit era. I'm Nick. And I'm Eric. And this week's game is Gunsmoke for the NES. Gunsmoke was developed and published by Capcom for the Famicom in January of 1988 and the Nintendo in the U.S. and around the world in February of 1988. Okay. Well, maybe not the rest of the world. I don't know. That's a nebulous 88. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And this is a port of a Capcom arcade game released in 1985. Oh, okay. Uh, when it was first released in the arcades, there was many ports of this game to various computer systems, such as the Armistrad, the MSX, and the ZX Spectrum, or ZX. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then uh, it came out on the Famicom Disk system first in Japan. Okay. And then cartridge over here. Fair enough. Now, the Disk system version does have a few differences than ours. Actually, it has less memory on it than oh, the, okay. the cart they eventually used for it here in the United States. So it has less music. Uh, oh, okay, okay. Some of the music repeats in different stages, uh, but it also has different artwork. The wanted posters are all done in an anime style. Oh, okay. So I guess ours are more Western to a degree. I don't, I don't know. And then uh, the arcade version is also very different than the other versions, uh, the Nintendo and Famicom version, where it actually has uh, four more bosses. Oh, yeah, yeah. Than the one we have does. Yeah, it's got three buttons, and you're, like, your left and right buttons actually shoot left and right. Not oh, at an angle. And then when you hold the middle one in those, it's the angle. Yeah, yeah. And then you I can... Vaguely, I, I remember seeing it, maybe playing it way back in the day, but we'll get to that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the arcade game also did not have the different weapons, power-up system. Right, right. It was just a you know very simple shooter in that regard. Yeah, and hard from what I've heard. Now, the arcade version was designed by Yoshiki Akimoto. Mm. And he started out at uh, Konami, actually. Oh. And he developed a uh, Time Pilot. Okay. Uh, the arcade game. Um, uh... It's a flying game that's like almost an infinite scrolling background, a la Asteroids. Right, right. And it's got a weird control scheme because, like, you like flip around, and the longer you are in it, the more updated the planes you're fighting are. Like, it starts oh. with like biplanes, and then they become like you know single. Pl- I don't know, whatever. <laughs> they can become jets at some point, and maybe future ships. I never Uniplanes. got that far. <laughs> uh, but he also did uh, Gyrus. Okay. Okay. Which I'm sure you at least are familiar with. Yeah, I've, I've. Uh, Then he moved to Capcom, and that's where you really know his work because he did uh, 1942. Mm-hmm. He was the lead on it and uh, Sidearms. Okay, okay. But really, Nick, you should know this man because he was also the lead uh, on both Final Fight and a little game called Street Fighter Two. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's right. And, and you can tell it from here. No, I'm yeah. just kidding. <laughs> now, I also read online that uh, according to Jeremy Parrish, this game is a prequel to Red Dead Redemption. Well, okay. Or more specifically, Red Dead Revolver. Oh, how? Well, apparently, Red Dead Revolver started as a project at Capcom. Oh, okay. And it was like in a long line of spiritual sequels that they had been doing oh, for other games. Oh. It was going to be kind of a spiritual sequel to it with like a, the even, apparently there was a early demo put out or test footage mm-hmm. that showed the shooting in it was more arcadey. Oh, okay. Wow. Does Red Dead Revolver take place in Hicksville? Uh, 
I don't know. I didn't play that one because that was an Xbox uh, exclusive. Okay, okay. Fair enough. Or maybe it wasn't. I don't know. I just didn't have – I only had a Nintendo system whenever that era was. Right, right. And then finally, um, probably not for anyone that really is a main listener of the show, but our parents would be very familiar with the long-running TV show. Yeah, yeah. And then radio show predating that. Isn't it like called the Gunsmoke? Lo- the longest-running I think show? The Simpsons finally knocked it off its perch. Oh, okay, okay. But for the longest time, yes, it was. And Man. as far as I can tell, this game has nothing to do with that. Right, right. I've never seen an episode. I... My mom actually watched it as a child, and I think she still watches it some in reruns now on like the old people TV channel. Okay, okay. Uh, Me TV. Mm-hmm. And I asked her about the different names that were in this game, and she has <laughs> no. They have no bearing on the characters that she's familiar with. No cutter boomerang. Uh, no, not even a quanger boomerang. No. Oh. Well, Nick, what kind of game is Gunsmoke? It is a top-down uh, shoot 'em up, pretty much. Yeah, it it's totally just a is. Shooter, you know. <laughs> the big difference is that it does not take place in space or the jungles of fictitious nation. Right. It's more along the lines of like Commando or something, where mm-hmm. you're a, a human. Yeah. Not a not a not a ship or a vehicle. But you can fire much like a ship because in this game there is no jump. It's all about shooting. That's right. And it has a very interesting control scheme, one that I really really like. Whereas your D-pad is, of course, your movement. Uh, You can move forward, backwards, and then strafe left and right. But you're always facing forward. Yeah, yeah. And then to fire, you have both buttons. Yeah, where you have, you know, your B button is your left-angled shot. Yeah, it's like a 45-degree-ish angle. Maybe a little shallower than that. Yeah, yeah. You got, like, and this is with two pistols. Yeah, and then your other button is uh, the other angle to Mm -hmm. the right. Yeah, and then pressing them both is a straight shot up the middle. So it's, you know, you get a little, a neat little variety there. Yeah. I really, really like it. It allows you to be much more um, accurate with your shooting and it gives you a, an edge in a, where in a lot of these games, you don't have the maneuverability uh, to shoot, you know, behind you or to the sides. This gives you a little bit of that. Yeah. And I mean, it's really cool because since you are, uh, you're able to shoot at several different directions while you're moving any direction. So you get some big strafing abilities there, you know, which is pretty cool. And it allows you to hit a lot more enemies, like instantly. You can go, you know, a guy in the top corner, right, top left corner, top right corner, without much trouble. Yeah, yeah. And then, of course, like any good shoot-em-up, you're going to have various power-ups you find throughout the levels. Mm -hmm. And these are interesting because we'll talk about the shop system here in a moment. Okay. But when you're just walking through the game, you can shoot guys, and sometimes ammo will fall out of them, which is your one of your main... Uh, items you're going to find. Yeah, yeah. It looks like two little bullets. Mm-hmm. But those will also be found in barrels uh, throughout the game. And you have to hit the barrels eight times? Some number, yeah. I, I'm not sure. And then when they break, they'll have an item inside them, which could also be more bullets. That's right. Now, the gun you start with has infinite bullets. Yes, which I didn't realize at first because okay, I kept seeing the bullets and it really made me afraid of running out of, of bullets. Gotcha. And we'll get to the other guns here in just a moment. But in addition to the bullets, you're going to find a gun, like a rifle icon. Mm-hmm. And the rifle extends the range of those bullets. Right, right. For this and every gun. I guess, yeah. I think. I think so, yeah. And then you're also going to find boots. That's right. And they're made for walking. Not for knocking. <laughs> but they do improve your 
maneuverability, your speed walking yeah, around. your walking and, speed. As well as the, the rifles, they both max out at four. Correct. Which you can see on your pause menu. You I think little... your life's max out at four also. Okay, yeah. Four I, extra. I could see that. It does, yeah, yeah. And then uh, and there's a few more items uh, I think we almost forgot to talk about. Ooh. There is the POW block. That's right. P-O-W. Grab this and it will just kill everything on the screen. Yep. And then the final two are the Yashichis. Yeah, these are some old school Capcom icons that... It looks like a throwing star. Yeah, or a pinwheel. Or a pinwheel, yes. And there's a red one and a blue one. That's right. The red one is an extra life. And and the blue one is invincibility. Which are both very useful. And the invincibility goes on a lot longer than I would ever expect. Yeah, yeah. So much so that it's almost a negative because it makes me too overconfident sometimes. <laughs> it can be, yeah. The last thing you're going to find are money bags. Money, but yeah, you need the cash. And those are 200 dollars or points because your your score for each killing each enemy you come across mm-hmm. uh, is actually represented as dollars that's right and you can use those dollars at one of two shops you're going to find in i think every level sure yeah it's nice to have a score that means something yeah it's really cool and the shops are either a lady or a man standing out in the street right amongst the bullets and the chaos <laughs> uh and you know they're very typical western looking characters sure sure and they kind of they actually change, I think, which shop they are. Because there's a weapon shop and then an item shop. Yeah, I think the, the guy is the weapon shop. Usually, but I, to, I felt like towards it? the end, the, there was a woman that was also one. That may be, man. I'm, I'm trying to... Mm. And especially early on, you're going to find the weapon shop usually first. Yeah, yeah. If not always, in a level. Which can be frustrating because I want my horse, man. That's the first thing I want to get. Well, we'll get to that. <laughs> so let's go through the item shop. Uh Oh, so let's talk about the horse, because the second you'll find the item shop that is more utilitarian items. Sure, yeah. And in that shop, you have more ammo mm-hmm. times four. So it's like getting four of those ammo um, power-ups. And and that adds ammo across all of the, any weapons you may or may not have acquired yet. And we didn't mention it, but the bullets will add a different amount to each um, gun. And I'll tell you about that here in a moment Okay, as we go through them. Cool. Uh, but that gives you four times the amount for each gun. When you buy it. And the bullets are $1,500. Uh, then we have your most prized possession, the horse. Mm, the horse. Which you also do find in, in barrels very rarely, I think. Yeah, yeah. I remember you, there's one in the first level at least. Yeah, yeah. It's a tight fit for a horse, but it's well, in there. the icon's in there. Because what's cool is either if you buy the horse or you find the horse icon, the horse actually comes to you from off screen. Yeah, yeah. And it pauses the action, it runs up to you, and you <laughs> jump on it. The enemies politely wait their turn. They do. And the horse is $20,000. So not a trivial sum at all. Right, but worth every penny. Because the horse gives you extra hits. Yeah, like three more hits? It seems like it. And after the second hit, it will be flashing to let you know. It only has one left. Right, right. Now, the downside is is that the horse does offer a larger uh, sprite in what I think is a larger hitbox as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because later in the game, I found I would always get the horse, but I would lose it very quickly. Yeah, it does get tough to... It's not my normal size hitbox that I'm used to protecting. And, you know, just weaving in between certain rocks and things, you can get caught with the horse, you know? Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not sure if the horse makes it easier to get in and out of water. Mm, yeah, I don't know. But I'm going to pretend like it did. It seems like it should. And then we have the final item for sale in the item shop, and that is the wanted poster. Because yeah. the only way to fight a boss in each of these levels is to have the wanted poster for that boss. Yeah, there is one hidden in every level. Which I didn't know when I started playing. Okay. It, I, I for, had forgotten that fact. 
Okay, I yeah, it took me a minute to myself. But. And I was just rolling through these levels multiple times, saving up the money to buy this very wanted poster. Because and it's expensive. They are $50,000. Yeah, I found that anytime I would miss the actual location of the wanted poster and have to loop back through, by the time I got back there or to find it, I was like, now I have so much money. It doesn't matter, especially after yeah. that second or third level. Yeah, it doesn't matter, yeah. Uh, but you can find it. It is hidden in the level, not inside a barrel, but usually next to a barrel. And you have to shoot the hidden spot eight times. Right. Then that wanted poster icon will appear and you can pick it up and it will be just like having bought it at this item store. It usually seems to be pretty close to where the boss is. Yes. Anyways. Usually like... a few screens ahead of it. Yeah. And then our next store is the weapon store. And you've got uh, a multitude of things to buy there, uh, all separated by price. And that's usually the order you're going to buy them in. Sure, sure. Uh, the first one is the shotgun. It's only $6,000. Right. And it's pretty awesome because it shoots, uh, if you're doing a left-hand shot or a right-hand shot, directly to the left and right. That's true, yeah. All the way a, to the front. It's like a five-bullet spread. Mm-hmm. It's pretty nice. And then you can also shoot it as a spread in front of you as well by holding both buttons. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, the downside of the shotgun is it has the second least amount of bullets. Right, right. And the range isn't that great either on it right. by default. Well, it can hold a maximum of a hov- maximum of 120 rounds. And when you get the bullet icon or power-up, it adds 20 rounds to the shotgun. Not too shabby? No. And the next one you'll probably buy is the machine gun. Yes. And that's what, 10000 Sure. Dollars? Yes. And it has a maximum of 400 bullets, which yeah, seems I, like a lot. It is a lot. Yeah, yeah. But I didn't use this gun that much. I barely did because I was using a turbo controller. So And my turbo thumb was just pretty much just as fast. Right, right. There would be a couple times I used it as a boss just so I could really, I don't know, cover as much area as possible. Sure. On some sure. of the early ones, I think. Mm-hmm. But it gives you uh, 60 bullets every time you get the bullet icon mm. to refill it. Nice. And then our final gun is the Magnum. The Magnum. As P-I. two separate words. I don't know if that's for <laughs> uh, legal purposes. Uh, maybe. But it is the strongest gun of the game. Yeah, it is. It is slow, but it almost always takes off, kills everyone in one hit, or when you're fighting a boss, it takes off a full chunk of life with, yeah, with each bullet. Because some bosses will take a lot of hits before they take any damage with a normal uh, gun. I'm pretty sure I had this gun by the second level, and then therefore used it on almost every boss. Same here, yeah. Uh, it is the most expensive, though. Yeah, it's $20,000. Yeah, which really, though, not as much as a horse or a wanted poster, so you can buy it pretty early on. Yeah, yeah. And then when you get ammo for it, it gives you 10 more rounds because the Magnum <laughs> can only hold 100 rounds total. Mm, still plenty, though. Correct. And then the final thing you can buy there is a smart bomb, and I think you can only hold one at a time. Right, right. And I never used mine. Oh, I did. Once I figured out how to use them, like, I didn't at first, but it's just like you equip it, and then the next time you would get hit, it kills everything instead. Oh. Yeah, I was like, I, it doesn't That's seem... That's not a smart bomb. I guess it no. is a smart bomb. It's smart enough to know when you got hit. Well, the manual calls it the napalm bomb, but okay, I don't know what's going on there. So I wish I would have used it. I'll tell you what. I, I mean, I, I wasn't confident enough to use it on purpose, kind of. You know what I mean? Where right. it's just like, if you have it equipped, so to speak. So it's just like an extra hit. Yeah. So it, it's pretty nice. Well, that is nice, uh, especially for the price of 8,000 simoleons. Yeah, so not a lot at all. No. And once you've purchased the smart bomb, apparently, uh, ammo will refill it. Oh, really? Okay. I So, you know what? I know I had to have purchased it at some point. Right, right. I'm... May, maybe I was just benefiting from it without really realizing it. 
Maybe, yeah, I'm not sure. It's it's a weird kind of thing where, because I was trying to like, when I would get to a store, be like, all right, activate it, and then go buy another one. But it didn't always seem to work for some reason, so I don't know what I was doing wrong exactly. Uh-huh. Now, as we mentioned, there are lives in the game. You start with three. You mm-hmm. can get another one with that uh, Yashichi. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, and then there are continues in this game, but I don't remember how many you get. Maybe it is infinite, because I will be honest, I save stated between levels. Yeah, same here. It's... Although, really, it's not as necessary, I, I felt. No. But. I mean, not that I, now that I've really gone through it thoroughly, I don't think I would have to in the future. Right, right. Um, now, and then there are a couple interesting uh, codes for the game. We don't always mention codes. That's true. But this one, uh, I wanted to call it because there is a way to change the controls so that you always fire the direction you're moving. Yeah, I, I saw that. Does that let you shoot down? No, just it's, vertically. It's just the same angles, but you control with your D-pad? Yeah, so if you're or? moving to the left, it's to the left. If you're moving to the right, it's to the right. And then if you're not, it's shooting straight up. Mm. That's interesting, but I feel like I would like the strafe ability of, your, of your default commands. And then there's also a code to start with a machine gun. And then more importantly, one that has uh, unlimited ammo. Oh, sure, yeah, yeah. So I wasn't sure if I'd have to use that at some point. Right, right. Yeah, I didn't. But really, I didn't. I didn't need to. Uh, yeah, because the normal gun is so good. It is. I used it for the majority of the game. Mm-hmm. Well, Nick, this is a Capcom classic. You're darn tootin'. Capcom usually has some really good artwork in its Mega Man games. That's true. That's true. Did any of that uh, art pedigree spill over <laughs> into the Gunsmoke category? Not so much. Um, there's most of the artwork in this book is just like drawings of symbols or images from the screen. Okay, you know what I mean. So yeah, there's nothing, no cool Western shots or anything. There's a there's that cool picture of the <laughs> Captain Commando at the beginning. But... You know what? I did look at this uh, <laughs> manual because I was unclear on a few things. Oh yeah, yeah. And I did see that, and I loved it. The the Captain Commando welcome you to the game and the manual was a nice little bonus for yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a strange picture, but uh, it's friendly enough, I guess. Uh, no, it does a pretty good job of like letting you know that you have power-ups, what you need to do with them. But it's a yeah. pretty simple game overall. Yeah, it is. So there's not a lot in here, really. Um, curiously, there's no mention of any of the story in the manual. It's all contained in the game. Not that there's an epic story here, right. but... You are Billy Bob, and you must save the town of Hicksville from the evil Wingate brothers. Yes. And there you have it. But, yeah, so if you needed some information about this game, you can find it in here, I guess. But or you want a sweet picture of Captain Commando. That's right. Check it out. Definitely. Well, Nick, what was your personal history with Gunsmoke for the NES and the arcade? I never played either until this game. Wait, how is that possible? Okay, so my personal history is that I remember seeing the arcade game and at least playing it once or twice during the, you know, like it was really big with uh, POW, Commando, all those games were out around the same time, I felt like. I mean, maybe I saw it in the arcade, but I know I never played it. But the other reason I know this game is our friend Jake Yes. Had it for his Nintendo. I know. I remember hearing that he had it. I don't think I ever saw anyone play it. I never did. Like I definitely played it at his house. I mean, I, I promise you. I And this was in high school, way after the Nintendo was the main system for sure. Yeah, yeah. It was just one that was always like, I knew of it, but uh-huh. it just never, it just never happened. I don't know. Fair enough. Fair enough. 
then what was your recent experience with this game? Um, I beat this game. Over? Uh, uh, just two sittings, really. Okay. Uh, the first time I went in O-Natural, and I got to the fifth level. Right. And that's where I kind of gave up. And I, ha- I did save state in between levels, so I was able to come back to it. Yeah. And I think I did this in three sittings, where the first time I was really playing, you know, no saving between levels or anything. Uh, because I played this on my uh, NES Classic modded main TV. Sure, sure. Not the easiest to you know, do the save states on. Oh, right, right, right. And then um, I just came back and, you know, knocked it out in two sittings. The rest of it, because really the game is, um, if you don't have to reset or restart any level, you could probably beat it in 30 minutes. Yeah, and it's... But the, the later levels I did replay at least, you know, three or four times. Well, there's a certain amount of yeah, memorization that helps because once once you get to, like, level four, where the guys really, the enemies really start coming from behind, Yeah, that's where it You need to know up. when they're going to be coming in. So yeah, you can yeah. prepare. Yep, yep. Well, this is the general chat portion of our show. And I would just like to start by saying that this game really is the epitome of a nice, short and sweet, one afternoon kind of game. Yeah, for real. Um, You know, I like we kind of mentioned, I hadn't played it. So before going in, I was like, this is going to be a boring game. That's what yeah. I thought. But... Having to find the wanted poster in the store, like, the ads just enough, you know? Yeah, like, you have a, a couple different weapons to play through with. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the levels are, you know, still shoot them up levels, so there's not a huge variety in what you do in them, but they do mix up the graphics a good amount. And some of them I really like, like the the cliffs, I think, in level three. I'm not sure. They, they have this the, with the ninja level. Yeah, yeah, with the diagonal. Yeah. Like, they look so cool. Like, there's certain backgrounds that aren't necessarily super detailed, but it's just interesting design that I I really liked, actually. You know, and it's funny you say that because a lot of the stuff in this game, there isn't a lot of detail to the sprites in it. Right. But they're all very unique and colorful, and they definitely let you know the difference between every enemy. Like, it has that thing you need in a shoot-em-up with lots of bullets and enemies that you can instantly tell what enemy that is and how it's going to be firing and reacting. Absolutely, yeah. And it does a really good job of that, I think, you know, for having such simple sprites. Yeah, yeah. It keeps you, it keeps the action moving fast and uh, your controls are good enough to let you react appropriately. Yeah, and the ability to upgrade, and this is a thing we didn't mention, I forgot to, in our gameplay segment. Mm -hmm. When you die, you lose a boot and a gun. Uh, So your range goes down and your movement speed goes down a little bit. That's right. And you know... But you don't lose any ammo. Right, right. But we also did forget one item, which is the skull. Oh, man, we totally did. <laughs> and that also depletes one of those, each of those. Yeah, it's like a cattle skull. And, yeah. Yeah, so you want to watch out for them. They're usually not too tough to avoid, but unless you're, like, right on top of it when you open it, you know. Yeah, and later on that does become a problem because you really need that extra movement and that extra range mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for those final two levels. I found myself, you know, when I was going through the first levels, I was fine just using another man. Right, right. But then at the final levels, I was like, no, I'm restarting this level. <laughs> um, so going to my save state because I don't want to lose that precious amount of speed and range. Well, you might get like, you'll get ones where you'll see like the Yoshichi is like sandwiched in between two cattle skulls or, you know, and you're like, I don't know if it's worth it. Like, if No, you, it's not. You If you're... If you're really precise with your movement, you can do it, but it's it's tough. And I did find myself, especially later on, really switching up the weapons a lot between the shotgun and my normal gun. The shotgun was the one I, you know, I would use it sometimes just to, you know, especially once you get a, some more rifles to power it up a bit. Yeah. So you get a little more range, you know, being able to shoot 
closer to your sides is a big advantage. Well, especially in the last part of the game where you have a lot of enemies coming in from behind you. Yes. And you have to do a lot of maneuvering to the sides of them. But one thing I do think is interesting is there's an interesting timing that you can learn for almost every guy on how often they shoot. Yeah, yeah. And their bullets only have a specific range as well. That's right, yeah, yeah. So you can really, once you get down everyone's movement patterns and speed, you know, skirt the edge of where their bullets are and, you know, various things like that so that yeah. you're not overwhelmed by enemies you can't just turn around and shoot. I mean, you get just, it gets to that point where you're doing that kind of slow figure eight loop or, you yeah. know, you're like, all right, here comes five more guys from the... You got to draw them to the front. Draw them up. I got to move up, then start circling around and hopefully get them all killed before the next wave shows up. Yeah, for sure. Like, it can be it can be stressful. I won't lie. Now, the bosses in this game are all pretty interesting, but, you know, on the most part, fairly easy once you have that magnum. Yeah, yeah. Well, and e- even if you don't, at least for the early ones, it's more just like, okay, there's a boss here, and he's throwing boomerangs or whatever, and Dodge they're not it. that hard to avoid. It's, it's just more of like, well, there's enemies coming, and I'm trying to hit him, and... yeah. Just trying to keep your head about you. Because I do like that fact that the enemies don't stop coming during a boss fight. Right, right. And usually they're the hardest part. Yeah. Because you're like, well, I'm focusing on that. And they come in from the left and right, which they don't normally do as much. Right. Not during the, the levels. And then uh, and then we have the music here. And the music is pretty good all throughout. Except the pause menu. For some reason, I found it to be a little uh, yeah. annoying. Well, and it's, it's way too like repetitive. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, it, for the most part, actually, this, I like the variety of the music because there's different music for each. Every you know, In the American version, every level has its own song. And the bosses each have their own, Yeah, which I was surprised of. You know, pretty cool. I mean, there's only six levels, so, you know, but it's still, you know, and it has that early NES charm to it in certain ways with the, the sounds they use that I kind of like, but the compositions themselves aren't super no. memorable necessarily. Now... When you do change weapons, that's a paused-style menu. And then you can also have just a standard normal pause. Right, right. That freezes everything. Yeah. And the final thing I want to talk about is the normal enemies. Not only are they varied and stuff, but it's interesting that there's certain enemies you only find in specific levels. And even hold off on a few to the very last level, which is a thing you don't see very often in these early games. They really try to use everyone everywhere they can. Yeah, it's weird. And, you know... It's interesting because the manual does give you a list of the enemies, mm-hmm. but no pictures, so... So who knows? Some of them are, you know, Blasto. There's punks. He's different. You're like, well, like, there's a green guy. There's a red one. <laughs> These guys. Like, the yeah. jumping blue guy. Yeah. Ugh. The, the worst. All right, Nick. It is our level-by-level level portion of the show. Yes, it is. So let's start here. We have, what is it, six levels? That is correct. And we'll go through each level and talk about their respective boss. Sounds good. Now, the game starts with a little bit of story telling you that this town was taken over by the Wingates. They, I think they killed the last sheriff, perhaps? Ooh, that's rough. And you are here to clean up the town. You, Billy Bob. Billy Bob himself. So the, the very first level is the town of Hicksville. Or in this very first level, uh, and every level, they start off by showing you the wanted poster for the bad guy. Yeah, and how much money you're going to get for killing the bad guy. The wanted posters look pretty good, too. They look great. And we didn't mention that, but you also get more money every time you beat a boss. You oh, get that reward. Yeah, that's true. You do get your cash prize. And that carries over from level to level. But yeah, here in the town, it's you know you see some pretty faithful, I guess, Old West kind of buildings with stoops in the front. And, you know, there's barrels and such. And, you know, bad Random guys. fences in the middle of the street. That's not good. That's true. And they will catch you up. So watch out. 
And then, uh, you know, you do have to note, or you do have to be aware that there are going to be guys hanging out the windows and shooting at you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you got to watch out for that. But in this level, you're going to be um, coming across, you know, your, all your most standard enemies. You've got uh, the punk, which is your standard green guy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they just come out, they sh- fire one shot at a time, then there's a good three or four second delay before they can shoot again. Right, right. Uh, those are worth $100 if you did kill them. Not too bad. No. Uh, then you'll have Dynaman, which is the guy that throws dynamite. Appropriately named. And the thing I like about this, though, is that you know if, if you let it sit, it'll flash and then explode, which will hurt you. Mm-hmm. But if you run over it, you pick up or diffuse that dynamite and it's gone. Oh, really? Yeah. I did not know that. Mm-hmm. I always just ran away from it. Yeah, it's very nice. Will it hurt enemies if it explodes? I don't think so. I don't think so. Okay. Now, he is also worth $100. Uh, the snipers I mentioned in the windows, those are also $100. You have your first real big uh, moneymaker is the stabber, they call him. Yeah, blue guy. He's the jumping blue guy that jumps across the screen. And a lot of times I thought he often had uh, ammo, dropped ammo more often than other enemies. Okay. Now, this one, you can't hurt him when he's moving. He has to only, land. Only when he lands, yeah. Yes, so that can be kind of uh, annoying. But I don't think he shoots ever. Agreed. Uh, and also you come across Blasto for the first time. Blasto. And is Blasto the shotgun carrying guy, the guy that shoots a, a two spread? I think he's so. He's red. The thing I know about Blasto is that he takes way more shots than normal enemies. Like, yeah. you, you have to really lay it into him quick to... Well, you do get $300 for fighting him. Well, he's worth every penny. Now, there is an invincibility and an extra player in this level. And, the you know, a free horse. This is the level where you're going to be learning your basics and stuff, but you want to use it to power up as much as you can. Definitely. And then, uh, you know, as we mentioned, if you do not find or purchase the wanted poster then you must repeat the level. It will loop, yes. Uh, but if you do find it, which I don't... it's Where is it at in this one? Do you remember? Um, I think it's on one of the porches. Yeah, it's... You know, so it, yeah, look for it on the porch. Yeah. It's on the left side, blue porch. And then you have that wonder poster. You'll be fighting Bandit Bill at the very end. And what does Bill do? He shoots at you. Does he have like a shotgun or a... I think I don't really remember it. I think it just, he shoots at an angle. Yeah, he I, runs around and more guys come out. It's just a target while enemies come at you. Um, and, you know, the enemies do have a little life meter, the bosses do. Yes. It's like, what, six? Segments, yeah. Segments long? Okay. And uh, with the different guns, it takes a different amount of bullets to whittle down each segment. That's right. So here, I don't think I even, I don't know if I used the Magnum on him yet, but. Uh, in probably... my first playthrough, no. I just used my normal gun because it doesn't take that many shots. Right, right. To get through him. But once you've defeated him, you do get your reward money. The wanted poster is shot up in a nice little animation. Yeah, yeah. And then you see your next target, and that would be Cutter Boomerang. Cutter Boomerang. And Cutter is a muscular, bald man. He has a bit of an uh, abobo head going on. He does, for sure. And this level is out in the desert. You see mesas, lots of uh, cacti. These these mesas and little uh, the desert terrain... Not just the ground, but, you know, the rocks and such. Like, it the looks formations. great, man, mm-hmm. For especially for being from a game in 88. I don't know. Agreed. And in this level, you know, you have all the same things. There is another horse to find. So lucky you. I think this is the first level that has the cow skulls, though. They don't appear in that mm-hmm. first level. Yeah, yeah. You see all the enemies you knew before, plus a new one, the Rifleman. The Rifleman. And the Rifleman... Uh, Isn't that a competitor tv show yes it was <laughs> uh but it was also a red enemy that just has a longer range shot mm. yes 
And they usually, I don't think, ever come in from the back of the screen. They're always on the coming in for the sides or the front. Yeah, yeah. The only thing that kind of gets tricky about this level is that the different rock formations can really squeeze you into some tight areas. Yeah, but I don't think you can get squeezed and crushed in this game. Oh, right, right. When you get squeezed to the back of the screen by, like, anything, it just kind of glitches you forward and to the side. Mm, mm, I see. Uh, Outside of your control, though, really. Yeah, I I didn't run up against it, so... Now, this uh, wanted poster is right behind the cow skull. Oh, yeah, yeah. So watch out for that. And it's interesting because it actually appears before you can go buy it. Oh, that's true. It, it yeah. appears in, right in the middle of the level, interestingly yeah, yeah. enough, on this one. And, you know, I think we said the Wanted poster was a set amount in the beginning. But as I'm going through and looking at uh, these wonderful maps online, they are representative of each guy's reward. Right. Or there's just the they're, price of their... Uh, no, I think they are uh, double it. Oh, gotcha. It's not as daunting to get that Wanted poster in the beginning if you need to, which I thought you did. Oh, right, right. You just got to save up your bucks. Now, at the very end, of course, once you have that poster, you will be fighting Cutter Boomerang. And he's a muscular man that comes out and throws boomerangs in a forward kind of arc that loop back to him. Yeah, yeah. it's But not really at you very much, especially if you're in the middle. Nope. You, as long as you just keep an eye on those boomerangs. I, honestly, it's the enemies coming at you are from, harder. The ones from the side <laughs> yeah. in the back are much more of a danger than the Cutter himself. Definitely. And if you have your magnum, which you should at this point... It's only six shots. Yeah, so gun him down. It's not, Now, not they do tough. have a moment of invincibility after their shot, usually. Yeah, that's and true. And I think the later ones have longer ones. I can, yeah. I can so you can't just, you know, fire six, boom, 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 and he's gone. But really, you shouldn't have much trouble dodging his attacks and taking him no, out. No, no. Easy peasy. You get your $12,000. You shoot up that wanted poster, and then you move on to stage three. The Comanche Village. Yes. And... Like many Westerns and Western-based video games, mm, perhaps not the most sensitive portrayal right, of the right. native people of our country. Um, now, you know, I guess they are harboring a wanted criminal. Who knows what for? But Would, uh, that, be, would that be Devil Hawk? That would be Devil Hawk himself. He's a wanted, he, he has a reward of $25,000. And a really cool picture. Although, he is holding a spear, which I don't think is a very standard Native American weapon. Not a, I wouldn't. Not in 1849, I don't think. Uh, luckily for him, though, he is protected by a much stronger uh, group of enemies. And these are all new sprites, new Native American uh, enemies. Um, and we'll be using their the names they gave them in the game here. But uh, they all take more than one hit, I think. Or at least they definitely, a lot of them feel stronger. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. So this is your first tick up in difficulty there. And then you also have, you know, uh, a very terrain where there are TPs now and various other uh, outcroppings. The mm-hmm. guys will peek out of those TPs and shoot you like yeah. the snipers in the very first level. Yep, yep. Uh, but this is also a much longer level than the first it two. It is definitely longer. It's like twice as long as both of those. Yeah, definitely. Uh, now, halfway through, you have the option of buying that horse and stuff, which you totally want to. Uh, the one poster is right at the very end almost. And again, it is right next to a cow skull. Uh. But you have, uh, you know, four new enemies that are similar to ones you fought before. You have the bow Indian, mm-hmm. and it's $200 reward, or $200 for killing it. And it is uh, like the green guy from the first levels, but just you, it takes two hits, I think. Right, right. And is blue. There's one that breathes fire, a fire-breathing Indian. <laughs> He's worth 4000 
Yeah, sure is. Uh, the punk Indian is the one that's like that, like the green punk. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just one shot. One shot. And then there's an axe Indian as well. And it's cool because it throws an axe at you, which you can shoot down out of the air. Like a tomahawk or something. Yeah. But yeah, it's pretty awesome. It is pretty cool. And then at the very end of the level is the boss, Devil Hawk himself. And yeah. he throws like tomahawks at you. Yeah, yeah. But again, the arc is not that deadly. No, I didn't think so. I Again, it's always the enemies coming in behind. Like you're just dodging this big guy in the middle of the screen who's vaguely attacking you. Yeah. And they never really come past like the middle of the screen when they are roaming around. Right, right. It's pretty pretty easy. <laughs> so you take him out, you get your $25,000, you shoot up his wanted poster, and you can move on to the fourth level. And you know what? If the Japanese were going to be really stereotypical about the Native Americans, at least they went after their own. <laughs> and now you have a very stereotypical ninja level here in the middle of the Western. <laughs> very much so. And you this know, is Death Mountain. This is years before Cowboys versus Ninjas or whatever that movie came out. And uh-huh. Or was that Cowboys and Aliens? Isn't that was there Aliens. One? There's a Ninjas one too, isn't there? Um, I, I think the guy that made Shaolin Soccer and there, there, I, I've seen it on Netflix. I know that much. You know what I'm talking about. Oh, okay. yeah. Well, anyways, there's this is the first of many video games where it takes place in the, maybe not many, but several games where you start off, you're a cowboy in the Old West, and sooner or later, you're fighting ninjas, and this is no exception. Now, like you said, though, this has some really cool cliffs in the level. Oh, these are great. I, I Not just the interesting diagonal design of the like striations of it, but it's just it's very crisp looking that in a way that uh, does not look like it's from 1988, I think. But. Yeah. Now, there are holes in there, so, uh, you know, much like various cliff-dwelling natives from before yeah they lived in there but these uh, uh but there are snipers in these clips so you got to watch out for them mm, yes yes now this level is uh not as long i don't think as the last level you will see falling rocks though so yeah although i never really they weren't much trouble to dodge not they, really. they usually fell like way at the front of the level Did where i never am block your shots though or they might yeah i think that's the yeah this level has the punk return the sniper blasto but now you have some shinobi jumping around. Shinobi, yes. They are $200 if you take them out. And they are uh, invulnerable until they stop moving. Yeah, so that's what makes them really annoying. Yes, it is annoying. And then this is also where you have the wanted poster right at the very end of yeah, the level. It's right there these by these two barrels to the left. But so. luckily, no cow skull next to it. This was the first one I had to repeat, actually. All right. Which isn't too bad, of, as no, long a, as it wasn't that super long one. Ugh. Yeah. And then at the very end is, uh, well, the ninja himself. Yes, Mr. Ninja. Ninja. <laughs> ninja. And, uh, you know, they went with the classic headband ninja. Yeah, it's a pretty cool looking ninja. Uh, he comes out, he's, he's dressed in purple. He throws shurikens at you, which is nice because he has a sword on his back. Yeah, yeah. But he doesn't use it. Well, he teleports around. Now, that's the hard part. He yeah. does teleport. So this one takes longer than the others. Just because there's a built-in amount of time that yeah. you can't hit him. It's just waiting. It's just like maintaining enemies until he reappears, and then I would usually just get right in front of him and blast him. Okay. I was not as brave, <laughs> but I did use that magnum again. Okay, yeah, yeah. I don't think I used it against him now that I think about it. Well, but... and with his disappearing, I would often fire like five shots real quick and waste almost, you know, waste at least four of them or whatever. Gotcha. And sometimes not even hit him because his reappearing time is usually quite short. That's true. You have a, a finite window. To so attack. This was the first boss I think was that's that really represents anything of a challenge. Well this yeah, well this is definitely the level where enemies attacking from behind start to become 
half, if not more, mm-hmm. of the enemies you encounter. Like You take him out, you get your reward, you move on to your next level, you see the wanted poster before you go in, and that is for... Fat Man Joe. Uh, who looks like he was straight out of Dragon Ball Z. Yeah, or like... He's like wearing super... Whatever that armor is. Yeah, he's... Apologize like, to all of our Dragon Ball Z fans. He's jacked up. Uh, and he's screaming. He's got a like the crazy vein head. He's, he's intense. He's about to go Tetsuo on this place. Uh, and he, I guess he, that's like armor he's wearing. I guess. Yeah, hey, whatever. <laughs> oh, man. Speaking of Tetsuo, my son and I watched Akira over the break. Oh, wow. Yeah. And he was like, that movie was awesome, but it's so weird. And I was <laughs> like, yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, it's a mystery. <laughs> uh, you know, this super anime bomber, bomber man, mm-hmm. he defends this level that is the first taste of green we've had in the game. That's true. It's a actually refreshingly uh, kind of a pretty level. Uh, now, there are trees, there are bridges, and water here. The trees, they are interesting because you can't pass through the tree, but you can go like around them, yeah. which creates some interesting like uh, little trappy areas when you're trying to get to items. It's true. Yeah. And the water is its own challenge because at first I didn't think you could go in it. Same here. Yeah. I would only go on the bridges, which is way harder. It is definitely harder. <laughs> uh, but then once I figured out you could go in the water, it is interesting because there is like a moment of getting in and out of the water. Yeah. When you're vulnerable and you, I, I think you stop shooting. Then yes. Too, which, so. you know, as much as that's annoying as a player, I like that design choice. I agree. Yeah. It It's I mean, I guess realistic kind of. It but... just it makes it feel more deliberate when you get in out of the water, and it makes it so that you wouldn't just go in there over the bridge no matter what. Right, right. Yeah, it's cool. Uh, so you do have these various bridges throughout the game, and this is the first level where you are just hitting many, many waves of punks coming from behind you. Yes. Oh, yes. And yeah. then also in the water, you'll have guys that just pop up out of it, riflemen. Ugh. And punks that just appear out of the water in front of and behind you as you go through it. Classic waters. I, now, what is nice is the POWs you get in this do blow up anyone that's in the water that you haven't right. uh, encountered yet. So that's super nice. But no new enemies here. No, yeah. Um, same old stuff in a tougher situation. Yeah, and uh, this is one of those levels, too, where you know I got a horse and then it lasted way shorter than I wanted it to. Oh. Same with the last one. I mean, the, the horses are not lasting me more than like three screens in these levels right right and you, you know but i have so much money it's like why not get one yeah of course yeah it's like <laughs> keep it stocked keep your uh smart bomb stocked as well yeah if you can help it and then at the very end this is another one where you have the wanted poster right at the right before the boss right right uh but it is really sneakily next to two skulls yeah not in between and we haven't gotten to that one yet but it's right, pretty rough right right they try to, to deter you from searching there. Although at this point in the game, I had so much money that I just bought the wanted poster anyways, in yeah. case it was like hard to get to. Because there was, you know, at this point, there's so many enemies coming a lot of times that you don't get to get every barrel anymore. That's true. You, you know, even if you reveal the the wanted poster, you might not be able to make it over there in time. Yeah. You have to go through the whole level again. And I just had so much extra money that I was like, well, why not just buy it? Like, What else? Yeah. I'm not buying it. I've got all the guns. I buy all the ammo every time I can. Even like, though I don't need it usually. I was like, I'll, I'll have enough for another horse. So why not? You got it all, man. Enjoy uh, yourself. Then you get to the very end of the level and you have your boss here, Fat Man Joe and his bomb gun. That's right. And he is a bit of a challenge because even with your magnum, uh, when you shoot him, he's got a long period of 
invulnerability afterwards. No, and I mean, if you don't use your magnum, you are in for a real long fight because it takes like twelve or more hits to do one, yeah, one segment of his life meter. Because he's, he's wearing some some metal armor of some sort, I guess. Yeah, and his uh, bomb gun does shoot out exactly what you'd think. It's like a bazooka it's, kind of weapon. Yeah, yeah. It has a decent blast area. It's not really like hard to avoid, but it has a lingering effect that is hard to deal with when you have so many guys sweeping in from the sides and back. Yeah, you got to keep your eyes peeled because I don't know. It's like you have to have a a plan when yeah. you see him. Like, all right, now I have to come up. You know, whenever the bombs start dropping, then you have to realize, like, all right, I can't walk there for a while, so I got to start looping this other ways to or drawing the enemies that way. Now defeat him, and you will get twenty thousand dollars and. You get to go to the final level of the game. The graveyard? Yeah, I don't know. Um, you know, now you have to fight the Wingate brothers themselves. Although you only see the wanted poster for one of them. Yeah, that's right. Uh, he has a big scar over one eye. He looks cool. He does. Smoking a stogie. He'll be worth $30,000. Not that it matters because you can't spend any money. Well, actually, it kind of does matter. We'll get to that. Mm. And then this level is brick. Black and white. And very stark looking compared to the ones before it. Yeah, it definitely is. And, you know, it's full of blue, like, graves. There's a lot, yeah, a lot of graves and just, like, empty buildings. So I don't know if this is, like, a ruined town, a necropolis or what. Yeah, I mean, and you can't pass through the graves, of course. But this level is also extremely long. It is the longest. So um, <laughs> make sure that you get that poster uh, if you don't buy it. You better find it because well, and you even don't if want you to do this again. Don't buy it. Finding it is its own challenge because it is in the middle of a cluster of those graves you can't walk through. Mm, yeah. So yeah. you have to be very deliberate on how you move into its area. Now, there are no new enemies in this level, but there are just a ton of enemies. It's true. It's Waves true. Waves of them coming at you from behind and they the sides. They don't stop. They are just pouring yeah. in. And... You just have to rely on all the skills you learned before. And in this one, I realized that uh, by this point that I was not going to be using the shotgun at the boss at all. Right. So I was using it very liberally throughout the level. Just blasting through. Yeah. And there's so much ammo dropped that you almost, you know, almost never run out of it. I know. I, it's something I wish I would have used more, like not just in this level, but in general. Is the Oh, yeah. I and hoarded the, the weapons too much. In this level, I was just like full tilt shotgun all the time. Yeah, I mean, you're rich, man. Yeah, <laughs> and I mean, it's just, it is so hard to deal with the, those waves of enemies coming from the back and, and the sides that you have to in right. many areas. Yeah, yeah, it's it's super useful. Now, once you are at the end of this level, you do fight your boss, Wingate, part one, or the first of two Wingate brothers. It's kind of hard to parse out because they look the exact same. I think they have a different color hat, maybe? I don't know. Well, the, the first guy's got like, they both have a red cape, but one of them, the first one has a green shirt. The second one has a blue, I think, a light blue. But do they act any different in terms of attack? Not that I could tell. I don't no. think so. Yeah. And they're just out there. Uh, do they take two shots per magnum? Maybe. Per thing? I felt like they maybe lasted a little longer. But honestly, I thought this guy was easier than the Joe guy. I agree. Fat yeah. Man Joe. I mean, there's two of them, so maybe. Yeah, takes but... longer. And there are more guys coming in from all the sides, of course. Yes, yes. A lot of them. Um, and... Because of that, I did find myself switching between the shotgun and the magnum a little bit. Okay. Swapping. Just to clear out because, you know, there is a few moments of invincibility See, I for feel, the boss. I think I ran out of magnum and then I just stuck with my normal gun for, right. you know what I mean? I think after the first, after the green guy, I beat him and then you I ran what? out of the magnum. I did too. I did run out of the magnum and then I switched to uh, 
the machine gun. Oh, okay. Because it's just I didn't I wasn't turboing. And oh, at that yeah. point, I was getting a little a little tired. Oh, I, I believe you. Yeah. So I was like, you know what? I have got 400 of these shots. Might as well use them. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Once you've defeated both of the Wingates, you shoot up their poster, and you have kind of beaten the game. That's right. You saved Hicksville. You get a couple nice little shots. Yeah. Of you on your horse. Well, and there's a, some pretty funny, like, super repetitive text. Yeah. And this is the part that angers me, though. Because the text constantly mentions this beautiful sunset. Oh, yeah, but it never... (laughs) But I never got to see the sunset. No. What a horrible tease here at the end of the game. But it keeps being like, the people of the town were happy that the gunman saved them. And then the gunman that saved them made them happy. Where it was like, okay, I get it. Like, it just kept going back. I was like, my name's Billy Bob. Like, call me the gunman. Like, I like the gunman. Have some respect. And then you get to see, you know, him on his horse, high ho silver style. Sure. It's one final shot. Yeah, yeah. You get to the end, but then the game starts over. That's right. And I guess you get a different or better ending if you beat it a second time. Yeah, I think I read something like that, but I, I did not explore that. Option. I did not either. That was the end for me. Right, it is the review portion of our show, and of course, we use the classic Nintendo Power Review system that has four categories, each category a possible score from zero to five, starting with graphics and sound. I gave this game only a 2.5. Same here. I mean, because the graphics really aren't that great, yeah. nor is the sound. The yeah. word I would use is very serviceable. Yeah, they're they're fine. I do, I wasn't annoyed by any of it. Or no, they're very clear. They're very distinct. Mm-hmm. But there's like almost no animation. Not a lot of polish. No. Uh, you know, and that's not horrible, but it's not like amazing. And that same goes for the sound. Yeah. The music is there. It's not bad. <laughs> it's it's uh it's not distracting in any way. It Sometimes it's cool. Its job. But it is you know just kind of music. Yep, absolutely. Uh, I mean, other than the few, like, there's a few backgrounds I, 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 for some reason, look really good, I think. But, okay, not backgrounds, but certain background features right. that seem out of place and that they're so good. But other than that, it's all just pretty standard and, you know, n- not necessarily in a bad way. Following that, we have Play Control, which I gave a 3.5. Okay, I went with a 3.0. Um, It's not, like, amazing. You don't have all these crazy things you can do, but you always have the tools you need to get the job done that you have. And I really like the innovative uh, shooting mechanic. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's got a bit of novelty to it, but the advantage that it lets you do a lot of strafing, which is something that I've lusted after in many, many shooting games. Yeah. That directional shooting three directions with two buttons, I think is really unique, really novel. And I wish more games had done that. Agreed. Next up is Challenge Factor. I went with a 2.5. Yeah, I did 3.0, but I cheated a lot, so I might be skewed. I don't know. Yeah, well, I, I think that, like, this wasn't a game that I feel I couldn't have beaten without cheating. You know what I mean? Right. I did it to kind of squeeze some squeeze it for time, but, you know, even when I would start a fresh level, sometimes I might play it twice just because I didn't get through as many lives. Yeah, and while I did repeat the final levels a couple times... You know, by the time I was done, I really knew every nook and cranny and where a lot of the enemies were coming from. Uh, and then on top of that, though, the only reason I gave it a little bit higher score was this that bum life cycle where 
you lose a life, you lose some of your power-ups. Mm-hmm. If you can't get to one right away or, or very soon, that can really put you on the disadvantage. Well, that's true. And, and something I, I forgot to mention earlier, though, that is if you do continue, you start with no money. Oh, okay. So, because I did when, remember continue, and I was like, oh, ooh. <laughs> and when you lose a life, you start right where you were, so that's not bad at all. No, that's true. You get a very... Uh, Arcade style. Yeah, it's just like a forgiving, like, respawn right away. That's right away. I like it. And then finally, we have theme and fun. I went with a 2.5, maybe oh, a 3. I, I gave it a 3.5. I could. I, I really like this game. I thought it was fun. Yeah, it was It was better than I expected. It's a nice spin on the classic shmup formula. Yeah. Not only is it just a setting change, but it gives you a little different thing with that shooting mechanic. And, you know, unlike a lot of early shmups on the Nintendo, there is a weapon system or mm-hmm. different weapons mm-hmm. you can use. And, you know, I like that the wanted posters give you something to look for. You're not just shooting your way through. Uh-huh. And the fact that your score is your money makes, uh, you know, shooting all the enemies mm-hmm. or trying to, you know, get certain things worth it. I just wish that, you know, especially in the latter half of the game where it just becomes this, like, circling over and over, yeah. like, because so many of the enemies are coming from behind because everyone else will be destroyed instantly. Like, it's a, I don't know, I wish there was a, a better way to get some more active kind of difficulty out of it. I don't know. It's, it's hard to explain, but it's good stuff. And finally, Nick, I ask you, as I always do, should you play this game? I say yes. Check it out. Agreed. Now, this is not one of Capcom's best games. Right, right. But it's not bad in any way, shape, or form. Well, it's, you know, again, it's kind of like Commando where you have a arcade shooter that you can't just directly translate it to the NES or else it'll be super boring. So they Correct. added a little more to it that uh, in some ways makes it way better, I think. Agreed. This is the kind of game I can definitely find myself going back to and, you know, just giving a, a quiet afternoon over to. Sure. Next week's game is the Game & Watch Gallery for the original Game Boy. Not to be confused with the Game Boy Gallery for all of our PAL listeners. Oh. It is a... Game & Watch. What well, that is also a series of Game & Watch games. But a different one that predates the one we're talking about next oh, week. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> so look for the the American Game & Watch Gallery, or if you're in Europe or Australia, it's actually Game & Watch Gallery, or it's game. It's the Game & Watch Gallery 2. Ah, okay. We'll go through all of the confusingness of that next week. Okay. So hey. find a copy of that game any way you can, grab your Game Boy or your controllers, and play along, friends. That's right. And if you want to let us know why the machine gun is the best weapon in Gunsmoke... We should have been using it the whole time. You can do it. Do it at cartridgecommand at gmail.com, and we will read it and learn from you. You will probably, though, leave us a message on Facebook at Cartridge Command there. Or you can get in touch with us on Twitter. As, uh, we've gotten a few more replies or ads lately than normal, so I don't know if more people are paying attention to this part of the show. Or <laughs> Twitter's just a much more popular platform these days. Who knows? New Year! And, uh, of course, we must always thank those wonderful and fine folks to give to us at patreon.com slash cartridge command. If you don't currently give us any money, consider doing so. Yeah. Uh, if you listen to this show, let's say, twice a month, then give us a dollar. We'd uh, really appreciate it. That's right. A buck. If you have more than a dollar to give us, we'll take that, too. But we love all donations of all kinds. I'll take it all. I need it. It is that money you give us that makes this show financially possible. And we really do thank everyone for letting us do this. Of course. You're all great people. One and all. One and all. And, as always, Cartridge Commandos. 
Game on!